Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and our guest this week is Mark Davis. Mark, how are you doing? Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I usually see you out on the trails, so it's unusual to see you when you're not in walking or running clothes. Then then, uh, recognizing me in my suit. That's right. That's right. my black tights. (laughs) (laughs) And and you just got back from a trip to Nashville, correct? Correct. Tell us a little bit about that. What were you doing in Nashville, and, and how'd you spend your time? Well, my oldest, um, he and he's uh, he lives down there with his girlfriend, and my wife actually had a a conference, so I played tag along and carrier bags and all that good stuff. But um, we uh, also my my son got into golf uh, late late in his say freshman year or sophomore year of college, and he scheduled thirty six holes for me one day, so we were kind of dragging that night. Okay, yeah. Even yeah. we went to bed at ten o'clock at, in Nashville, so that's yeah, that's that's like the middle of the day <laughs> yeah. for Nashville. Yeah. So, what are some? I know you go to Nashville pretty frequently. What are some of your favorite spots there? Um, we like to go to Overhead. Okay. On the corner there, uh, Acme. Okay. Which we have an Acme here, but yeah. I notice it's kind of I don't know. if I drove by it last night, and it said it's closed permanently. So unfortunately, yeah. Um. So. Acme in Nashville in the corner. That's a good Broadway spot. Mm-hmm. You can see the whole Broadway. Yeah. Uh, all red. And from being there so often with Ian and his girlfriend, we found a lot of nice spots off Broadway. Yeah. So he lives 25 minutes from downtown. So there's obviously plenty of dude down there and a uh, lot of good golf and activities. Yeah. Well, speaking of golf, we're going to talk a little bit about your career path. And I'd like you to start at whatever the beginning is for you, but you actually made a pretty big transition from being a golf pro into the sales world. But let's start a little bit before that. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, what you were thinking about in terms of career, and what you ended up doing. Sure. I actually grew up at uh, Pine Valley Country Club. Okay. So my dad was a member there in the 70s while he worked at the um, Indiana Bank. So golf's been around my, I've been around golf my whole life. And just from being at the club every day, even as a kid, washing carts and picking the range and working at the pro shop, I decided to um, pursue a career in the golf business, which entails if once you want to, decide you want to get into the business, it's not that easy. You have to pass a couple of business schools, a playing ability test where I believe when I did it, you had to shoot two rounds of 75. I'm not sure if I could do that these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then interview in front of the of the board of the Indiana PGA. So okay. a lot of steps to becoming a yeah, pro, which a lot of people like know about. Yeah. Uh, also, they think that we play golf every day, which isn't true. Yeah. And in the business. And you can talk to a lot of golf pros and it's quite a bit of hours. Yeah. Um open sun up to sundown. Yeah. In the summertime. Yeah. So you're so, working while everyone else is playing. Correct, correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was in the business for fifteen years and in the eighties it was booming. Mm-hmm. The T sheet was full, like some 7 a.m. until 1 p.m., but it declined like a lot of other sports have um, with family and your kids doing this, your kids doing that. A lot of 
lot of people don't have time to spend five hours out there sure. on a Saturday or Sunday. Sure. Um, so from from the golf business, I went into sales, and once I got hired by the Journal Gazette, was, that was my first job out of out of the golf business. I'm like, what do I do with all my time? I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do I do on the weekends? So, so it was a nice change of pace. Yeah. Um, so I was at the Journal Gazette for a couple of years and then was recruited by KPC Media. Okay. Where I spent, um, I think, six, six years in sales. All right. So, so what were you doing for um, Fort Wayne newspapers? What did that job entail? Sales, but what, right. what well, was the, the charge? I was, hired as, I was hired as a district manager. Okay. So which was the region. Yep. Uh, so compared to a city manager, the region is all the way up to Syracuse, okay. Kendallville, Columbia City. Uh, I had that territory as the region district manager. So I had 25 to maybe 30 carriers under me. Okay. Where at that, as a, with the journal, you have to be out that middle middle of the night, yeah, making sure the papers are delivered and everything's on time. The number one problem a lot of district managers have are carriers not showing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, when I was when I was doing that position, my dad said you should write a book because every <laughs> every morning I would come home and email him and said this is what happened. So Joe called me from Michigan at two in the morning on a Sunday, our biggest <laughs> delivery day of the whole week. Uh, I'm not going to make it, but I could hear music on his phone. So he must, I must've been in the bar somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where this, the, there was also a new Sentinel in, mm-hmm. the, in the, back in the day. So yeah. those district managers obviously had different hours, mostly in the afternoon. So okay. it's a lot of big difference between no, on the morning and the afternoon. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So then you go to KPC and what, right. are, you, what are you doing there? So I was uh, hired as um, outside sales rep. Okay. Right. All right. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then do you oh. go to Kiefer from there or you? is there a stop in between? I went to Kiefer from there. I was with the KPC for six, six in a year, six okay. and a half. Right. All right. Yeah. And, and what was it that drew you to, to Kiefer? How did that transition occur? Well, that actually... They came to me, mm-hmm. um, believe it or not, through social media, and I'm not sure if you're aware of what I did when I was at at KPC, but okay. I would I thought of this idea of helping my clients help me. So after a sale or a contract I, that I signed. I actually had their picture taken with me, uh-huh. and we shook hands. Yeah, and basically, I thanked them on my on my personal Facebook page. Yeah. So, compared to business uh, business page or um, a company's Facebook page, I just thought that would be nice for everybody. So, actually, is promoting my myself and my company or the company I work for, KPC, sure. and. Promoting the business. Yeah. So uh, I believe my first picture might have been with Preferred Auto, mm-hmm. where I actually took a picture in the convertible. But from then, I got more more serious, I should say, <laughs> instead of sitting sitting in a convertible or 
having my nails done at the spa. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Patrick Kiefer, my current boss and vice president of Kiefer Printing, he actually worked for me at Pine Valley. Oh, really? As okay. as a, a cart uh, cart jockey. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, he was. I was assistant pro, and he is actually um, doing the cart, doing the jobs in the back with the with the range and the carts and cleaning the carts and stuff like that. So we've we've known each other all these years, and he followed me on my Facebook page. Yeah. So he noticed what I was doing, taking all the clients. Yeah. So after a couple of interviews, he's like, "Mark, we're I haven't been." stocking you, but I've noticed you have a lot of connections in Fort Wayne. So yeah. that's kind of how I got into Kiefer. All right. So so tell us a little bit about Kiefer Printing. How do you sure. describe the organization? Well, it's, um, it's family owned mm-hmm. since 1914, five generations. Um, the original plant was downtown here off Broadway, I believe. It's an old um, A1 Mark's Appliance store now. Okay. And it's probably the most organized company I've worked with for um, Rick Kiefer is the current president. He's, I'm not going to disclose his age, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he is, um, uh, he would always pick up, if you see a piece of paper on the floor, he's always going to be meticulous. On, on, he takes pride in in the work and his business and sure what we put out. Um, sure, yeah. So, about how many employees? How many? How many people work at Kiefer? We have twenty eight. Twenty eight. Right. Okay. And and are you? How big is the sales team? I am the sales team. Ah, okay. All right. So what's what's that <laughs> well, like? How do you? Well, Pat, do you, Patrick used to be the sales. Well, he the hired someone. Yes, salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, "I don't want to do this anymore. Right, I'll right. hire someone." Yeah. So he he went. I think they went for. Two or three years until they hired myself. Okay. Uh, and prior to hiring me, we didn't have a digital press. Okay. So we always had to farm out yeah. you know, smaller jobs like mm-hmm. business cards, flyers, or brochures. Um, so a couple, maybe a year before they hired me, they brought in a digital uh, Indigo press. Okay. Where it's obviously we have we have no minimum orders where yeah. a lot of people think, well, I have to order a thousand cards or mm-hmm. 500 cards where we can print 50 cards. We can print 10 cards. Um, there's no minimum order on any, any orders that you place. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's a big change because the, you know, my perception for a long time was, well, the, the more you print, the better off you are because right. once the printing press gets running, that's where the real cost is. And mm-hmm. it sounds like in that world, things are a little different. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of the the way the work gets done, you know, we live in an environment where people want everything right now. Um how do you accommodate that from a sales perspective? Because you want to accommodate people's needs, but sometimes people ask for things sure, that are borderline absolutely. impossible. So how absolutely. do you manage expectations in that environment? I just try to stay patient. And after I meet the client and discuss what they need, what they're looking for, and how how we can help them. Um, for the larger jobs, we ask for four, four to five days mm-hmm. uh, for production after, after the proof is approved. 
uh, where the the, the digital job, depending on the quantity, we can knock it out in one or two days. Okay. Right. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but my claim to fame is we printed everything for the U.S. Open 2019. Yeah, let's so talk that, a little bit about that. How, yeah, did that so, how did that come your way? Was it through a previous relationship when you were a golf pro? Actually, I went to the, the golf show in, in Fort Wayne. They used to have it at the Coliseum. It was through the Journal Gazette, mm-hmm. Fort Wayne newspapers, and at that that year they held it at the Parkview um, Ice Center. Oh yeah, over over by uh, Glenbrook. Yeah. Okay. So I, since I know a lot of golf pros in town, I just went over there to talk to them and look around and shop for myself, and also promote key for printing. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there was a representative there for from. Alabama, and she was promoting the U.S. Open that year, and this was in February. Okay, so it's dead. It's dead winters, fifteen yeah. degrees out. So yeah, it's hard to keep hard to think about golf, but even though it's only a month away, especially if you're from Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she had all the all the previous tickets on the table, all the brochures of what they did in the past. So I started talking to her, and basically gave her my sales spiel. Yeah. And told her what I, what I do and where I work, and she said, "Well, the tournament's in June. We don't have anyone lined up right now, so obviously I'm calling her office twenty times on the next Monday." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we met for a month or two, went back and forth with um, proposals, and we end up end up getting them. The wow. contract for the whole tournament. So, wow. so how big of a job is that? I mean, obviously you can't disclose numbers, but right, right. What, what did we it had involve? a lot of conferences uh, with their team and our team, and over one one the first meeting, we are one we are unaware of um, what they needed through the weekend. So, the first round is on a Thursday, like any other golf tournament, and it ends on Sunday. So. Their marketing rep asked us if we're okay waiting on the the players to finish their rounds every night, Thursday through Saturday. Then they have to repair to repair the players according to what they shoot. Okay, and then obviously the leaders go off last. So yeah, he mentioned, well, we won't have the files to your team until eight o'clock on the previous night, and in return, can you? print 14,000 brochures and have them here by five in the morning. Wow. And our, yeah, my whole team, our jaws dropped. Yeah, but wow. <laughs> so are you doing this, on, you're doing this on site, obviously, right, because of the right. turnaround time. So Correct. how did you do that? Did you have to bring an operation there? Did you borrow someone else's equipment? We had all the equipment in-house. Um, the, lar- the larger jobs, obviously, we did on our larger press, yeah. Kamori, the six-color press, where the brochures and daily round um, player pairings and brochures that they needed mm-hmm. for the daily rounds were um, 14,000 per night. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so so you, did them, you did them here in Fort Wayne. Right. And so then they, how'd you get them to this? So the, the tournament was in South Bend. Oh, it was in South Bend. Right, okay, right, okay. Right. So we are, right. we are right under the radius of two hours. Okay. So they, that's... All right. The radius was two hours for a printing company. 
Got it. That's what, uh, that's what they're got looking it, for. Got it. Right. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. you're talking to someone who is borderline illiterate when it comes to golf, so I thought these were going to Georgia or no. Alabama or something. Okay. Luckily, luckily, it was in South Bend. All right. I have been pursuing every tournament since then, even if it's in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So they would send us the files once once they repaired the players and the the times the players are teeing off, like uh, Bernard Langer and all these big shots. It's pretty neat. We got the files at nine o'clock, maybe a little later some nights, and our graphics, our graphic team was working from home, so he would redesign the, the brochure and email it to uh, our digital press, so on site at Kiefer. So we actually we met as a team and just decided who's going to drive there at three in the morning to deliver everything. <laughs> and did they say, well, you sold it, so you're driving yeah, there at three in the I morning? I was lucky. I only had to go once. <laughs> but uh, it was a great team effort. It was a great experience. Their, the security was, you wouldn't believe it, it was like breaking into, I've never done this, but break, trying to break in the White House now. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but wow, I was there... Weeks before, obviously, mm-hmm. you can drive up right to the clubhouse. and But obviously, the week of the tournament is all gated off and um, security. So when we delivered, made the, the morning delivery, we had to get through security every time. Wow. Yeah, so those, those three nights, we had, I think, 14,000 brochures that we had to get ready. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. A lot of, a lot yeah. of pizza parties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. That's that's so, a great story. Yeah. So um, so anything else close to that that you've done? What what are some of the other projects you've worked on that, you know, kind of tested your the boundaries of what's possible? Well, currently we are working with the company that we had to send proofs to the UK. Mm. Okay. So that's um, the longest shipping we've done so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's um they the company makes aprons for Gordon Ramsay. Okay. All so, right. Huh. Interesting. Yes, chef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so Mark, it sounds like, you know, one of the things that you know, with with our focus on this podcast in marketing is we talk a lot about how the digital world is changing things. And we know there's been an impact on print media in a number of different ways. But how has it affected your business? Because you've been doing this in different iterations through print media. What have you seen as digital has evolved? How has that changed the business you're in today? Mostly we can, like we mentioned earlier, we can print. There's no minimums. Mm -hmm. Um, Where in the past, we had to farm everything out. Yeah. So... And our our indigo press matches the color ninety five percent to our six color Kamori press. Okay. So it's very similar on matching colors. Yeah. And we can, like I said, brochures, business cards, flyers, postcards. We're getting into the holiday season, mm-hmm. so Christmas cards and mm-hmm. envelopes, where personal and business. Yeah. A lot of a lot of. Uh, we get a lot of obviously family cards in the mail, so I'm asking my my family and my wife's family, where, where'd you where'd you get this? Where'd you print this? <laughs> sure, <laughs> we could have done it for you. Sure. So so you know you, we also we we alluded to this a little bit earlier, but people's expectations today. What I find is that for better and for worse, 
if if you do something that pushes the the envelope in terms of uh, delivery, you know, somebody calls you and says, "Hey, we have a need. We know we're asking for a lot, but we need it in a couple of days. Right. Can you do it?" Mm-hmm. Um, we here, and I'm sure you're the same way. We try to say yes whenever we can. But sometimes you say yes, and then the expectation is it's always going to take two days when Correct. normally it would right. take. How do you deal with that? Because the printing business, you have a tangible product that you know it doesn't just appear out of nowhere. It has to go right. through a process. How do you deal with the demands in a, in a really fast-paced world? Well, I meet with my production manager and plant manager and also Patrick. We discuss a lot of jobs, and depending on what's – What's on the docket that day? Yeah, we can try to get it out earlier if they need, if need be. But mm-hmm. usually, as I mentioned, the larger jobs take four or five business days. That's what we ask for from the from the client. Sure. But obviously, if we have open space, we can knock it out. If they need it uh, right away, we can usually make make room for it. Like during the pandemic, we did a lot of. Uh, Wipeable menus, mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. that yeah. was huge. We yeah. ran we ran a special online, and restaurants just threw threw them out after every use. Yeah, so yeah, and good not, good for the printing r- business, right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and we did a lot of um, when when the, when the pandemic hit, I I met with Patrick and I said we need to do something for the restaurants and bars. They're they're the ones that are hurting, mm-hmm. so. We came up with this idea of basically a business card um, with they can put any offer on it where they would give it to the clients as they're picking up their food for for carry out since most of the lobbies were closed mm-hmm. and a lot of them put like ten percent off your next order twenty percent off mm-hmm. whatever they they didn't want to discount count it too too sure. large but sure. just to keep the, the yeah. clients coming back so that yeah. was a um that's one of our promotional offers, uh, and that led into floor floor signage, mm-hmm. uh, decals, where we were able to do all those jobs on our digital press. Yeah, you know, the Coliseum had to close every fifth seat, okay. so they had to label. Yeah, I mean er- everything in that. There's a lot of labels that are still remaining on the floor, or they obviously updated since a year ago or whenever yeah. that was, but it's uh, it was scary. And So how are you selling during that time? Because it's obviously a relationship right, business. Right. And, and we've had some other sales professionals on the show and they've their their approach varied, but what how did you continue to stay in front of people at a time when you couldn't be in front of people? I was on the email more than mm-hmm. than in person, email yeah. and phone calls and just um Kept talking to them through yeah. email or, or on the phone and stayed in touch. A lot of uh, companies kind of um, obviously quit buying for a while because yeah. they weren't sure of the future. Sure, right, right, sure. and still aren't. Yeah, right. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was actually at home for two weeks. Okay, or not going out two yeah. or three weeks at least. That's, right. that's not too bad. No, in in comparison to how it affected a lot of people. Right, so that's that's pretty quick to get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, let's turn, Mark, to the speed round of the show. And I'm going to cover a few <laughs> things we've already covered, but this is where we kind of synthesize it. So you've had an interesting career. Um, I, I don't think I've talked to anyone else who made golf a career for part of their life, but you did that. And then you made a pivot into sales, and you've obviously had some success there. As your sons are getting to an age where they're starting their careers or others you might have a chance to talk to, what is your advice that you give people in terms of career success? What do you think matters most? Number one is be nice to people. Treat them, treat them like you would treat your family or uh, – Always, always in the golf business, several bosses told me, you never know who's going to walk through the door. Mm-hmm. It could be the president of a company. Mm-hmm. It could be the vice president of a company. It could be, you don't know until they walk through the door. Presentation is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, in the golf business, I just remember, they're, they're going to remember you mm-hmm. and how, you, how you're, they were treated. Yep. How your business or your golf course looked. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Right now, I believe we're probably the cleanest printer okay. in Fort Wayne. All right. And we invite <laughs> we invite everyone, anyone can come over for a tour. We welcome tours. Yeah. It's 43,000 square footage. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look that large from the front. Where, where is the where is Kiefer Printing located? I think I know this, but I... I've, it's, it's over not... off Huguenard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so 4,300 square feet? 43,000. 43,000, that makes more sense. (laughs) No, I I think that was me, yeah. All right. 43,000, that makes a lot more sense, yeah. Yeah. So like I mentioned, anyone's welcome to come over for a tour, and it's it's just unbelievable once you you see it. You you won't believe until you see it. So so what else differentiates key for printing, and I'm kind of – morphing into the second question here, but what are some of the things that make your business stand out? Why do you think someone should work with you as opposed to uh, another option? Very particular on our product, mm-hmm. what we what we print, what we put out, how we treat the clients, and the end result. We believe probably the best pr- best printer in Fort Wayne of all the experience we've had. When I interviewed with the company, they always, they took me back to the, to the press to meet the pressman. And it was very impressive because I would ask, how long have you been here? The minimum years were 25. Oh, wow. Right. Wow, yeah. And since I've been there, three have retired after being there 30 plus years. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. So he treats... He treats us like family. Yeah, well, that's great. Right. Well, last quick question. Um, you mentioned some of the changes that were visited upon you and the business during the pandemic, and obviously, who knows where we go from here. But I think most of us learned something during that time, mm-hmm. during quarantine, and as the pandemic has unfolded. What's something you learned that maybe you didn't know before, or maybe wasn't as obvious to you? Something you learned over the past 18 months or so that you think will stick with you for the rest of your career, kind of the lesson out of all, all we've been through. For myself? Yeah. Just to be nice, treat people as you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, in sales, I've been very persistent. Mm-hmm. So I'm known to 
talk to you until you tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where I've I've worked with a lot of sales reps who I believe aren't aren't that serious about it or just a few examples, like if it says no soliciting, mm-hmm. I still go in. Okay, all right. <laughs> just a heads up. <laughs> yeah. Where a former worker said, I just sat in my car. I just turned around, but. So so what happens if somebody <laughs> said, okay, so let's role play here okay. for a second. You're walking into a, 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 a business, you see a no soliciting sign. Well, it's more, more in the, like the strip mall or somewhere. All right, but so you see a no soliciting sign, and somebody does. Does anybody ever say to you, "Didn't you see the sign?" They, not as much as they do now when it says, "Please wear a mask." Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so All right. yeah, but you know, you don't know who you're going to meet until you cold call or yeah, until you knock on this door, until you knock on this door, or get yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so how do you balance that with being nice? You know, you've got, you want to be. I know. try not to get upset, but every every morning it's like, <laughs> you got to do this. You got to do this. Yeah. yeah so what drives your... that? It's a tough business. I mean, how do you, how do you stay I've motivated? I've always had a goal for yeah. myself. Yeah. Right. Where in my mind, I want to hit a certain number every month. Okay. So personal goal. So that's what I set out to set out to do every month. Where in the past, you can't really give up. That's, I mean, especially in sales. Just try to get get out there and be competitive. Kind of like sports. Like, I know you run a lot. Mm-hmm. How many half marathons have you done? Well, I, uh, 13. <laughs> more than I can count, but some of that is me just getting old. More right, than, right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like you, you get... You set your goals for yourself mm-hmm. and try to achieve them. I try to run two half marathons a year. Yep. And the last couple of years, I have succeeded in that. Where and also biking and my golf game's a little scratchy right now, but there's other. Well, you've got some months to right, right, to relax <laughs> on that. So I just try to. For, I've always been very positive and. Try to try to do the best I can. Yeah. Well, it yeah. sounds like that's you know pretty well self motivated, which is is a great thing because it's 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 hard to it's hard to set a goal if it's imposed by someone else, but if you set it for yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's been very blessed so far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, thanks for joining us on the Thank show. You. And if you have a no soliciting sign on your business, <laughs> Mark's just going to come right on in. So be ready for that. Might be a quick visit, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Mark. And thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next time with another great guest. And we hope you'll join us then. 